So, let's uh, begin with a giant aspiration. All mother sentient beings, especially his enemies, who hate me, instructors who harm me, and those who create obstacles in the path, liberation to sins. May they experience happiness and be separate from suffering. I'll quickly establish in the state of the most perfect and precious Buddha. All mother sentient beings, especially those enemies who hate me, instructors who harm me, and those who create obstacles in the path, liberation to sins. May they experience happiness and be separate from suffering. I'll quickly establish the state. Perfect and precious Buddha, that all mother sending beings, especially those enemies who hate me, obstructors who harm me, and those who create obstacles in the path of liberation of the saints. May they experience happiness and be separated from suffering. I'll quickly establish in the state of the most perfect and precious Buddhahood. Thus, until I achieve enlightenment, I perform virtuous deeds of body, speech, and mind. Until death, I perform virtuous deeds of body, speech, and mind. From now until this time, tomorrow, I perform virtuous deeds with body, speech, and mind. The Buddha, the Dharma, the Son, the Most Excellent, to take refuge in the lightness reached by the very generosity of the good deeds, may I take Buddhahood for the sake of all sentient beings. And the Buddha, the Dharma, the Son, the Most Excellent, I take refuge in the lightness reached by the very generosity of the good deeds, may I attain Buddhahood for the sake of all sentient beings. All mother sentient beings balance the sky of happiness, the cause of happiness. May they deliver from suffering, the cause of suffering. May they never be separated from the happiness which is free from sorrow. May they rest in equity, free from attachment and aversion. Good. So Cole uh, has passed around the um, the Anatta Lakkana Sutta, the the discourse on the three characteristics, but especially the discourse on. Uh, what's called anatta or no self. And that's one I taught from already, so now you have a copy, and if you want to study it, that would be great. And uh, tonight, uh, I'd like to hear if you have questions. It's a good time to get together every couple days or every three days and see if you have uh, questions arising out of your practice. <laughs> arising out of your practice. And and uh, also, I have a few things I'd like to help you with um, this evening as well. So, yes, Barry. Where does the name Gompa come from? Ah, Gompa is Gom, to meditate in Tibetan. Gom is the is the main word for meditate. And uh, so, this is a place of meditation, a place of contemplation. So, Gompa. Gompa, Gompa. That's what we do here. We gom. Yes. I have a question about something I've written in my book. It's and I need to clarify. It says Nama Rupa needs connection. Does that make sense? Mm, good. Good, 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 good. Um, seeing the connection, uh, the mutuality uh, of Nama Rupa. That is seeing the uh, the mutual interconnection between uh, mentality and appearance. So nama rupa means connection. Doesn't mean connection. Nama rupa actually means the ex- a beingness. When you have uh, when you have mentality, some type of mental activity, consciousness connected with appearances, connected with naming, 
sorry, connected with uh, um, sensation. You have the experience of being. Okay? So, one of the reasons, which is a really important point of insight, thank you for that, it may not have been intended, but it's a great point of insight, is that when you uh, focus and see Nama Rupa, you will see the creation of beingness clinging. Beingness clinging. If you knock apart, perfect timing. Thank you, Gail. That was excellent timing. If you knock apart uh, Nama Rupa, you uh, interfere with naming and appearance. You tell me what happens. Did you kill it? No. Good. I scared it. Okay. What happens when you take consciousness away from an appearance? What happens when you take the sensation away from the naming? Do you have any more naming? Take a look. This is, this is a really important point of insight. If you knock out consciousness, is there any sensation? So in other words, if you knock out naming, do you have an appearance? Have you discovered that? You have to go find it. Very, very important. What happens when you fall asleep? Now, I've, have I given this, this, I think I've given this meditation out yes. here. I mean, yes. I've given out, I've given out the, yeah, mm-hmm. the different senses. Yeah. Take a look at the shutdown of the senses as one falls asleep and you tell me if there's a being at the end of that shutdown process. You know like you maybe shut down an airline, uh, a plane? I've only dealt with small, you know I've always been in the cockpit with small planes and there's a bit of a checklist as you shut it down all the way down until the engines turned off and the engines are no longer rotating and the plane is quiet. Is there a plane? Is there a plane that can fly? Do you, you follow? So every, every night, for most of us, unless you don't sleep, there is a shutdown of the engines. There's a shutdown. Do, 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 do. Take a look what happens and tell me at the end of that whether there's an experience of you being. What happens? Because that happens during the day all the time to some people. How many times an hour does the organism go through a shutdown period by which consciousness of an object and naming blinks out? What is there? The study of Namarupa is absolutely essential. You have to really be able to see it uh, so clearly. Yes? Sometimes in the walking meditation, say, on the Namarupa, say that you're doing the the rising and following the sensation because somehow my consciousness has said rising. 
sensation comes back, even though I'm not aware that I, I named it back. It just appears back. So you're saying uh, the sensation appears back without any naming? It, that, that appears to be what's happening. I'll be, I'll be doing, say, any of them, but I'll follow the sensation, the sensation, the sensation stops. So I feel pause. Okay, let's 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 pause. Okay. I pause. I pause. There's a sensation. What's the sensation? That the sensation of the rising is stopped. So is that, there no sensation? At that moment, it seems to be that that's finished, and so the pause happens. But sometimes as I go into the pause, the rising sensation continues even though the foot doesn't seem to be moving. That's right. So can you have a mental foot moving? Yeah. Yes. Whatever you can imagine, whatever can happen on the outer can happen on the inner. You can just as clearly taste an apple on the inner as taste an apple on the outer. You can just as clearly have your foot stepped on with nobody stepping on your foot. Which one's real? What happens when you take consciousness and naming out of the equation? What would happen if you didn't go to sleep, but you were one is aware without there being a chasing after an object? This is what you this is what you look at. These are the kinds of questions that arise. Okay? So I'm not here purposely, uh, purpose, to give you answers. You, you have to, I want you to look. So where to look? Uh, if you want my my job description upstairs in my office in a file, Lama Mark's job description, says don't give them all the answers, uh, let them, uh, direct them where to look. Give a, give a hint where to look. But um, go take a very, very close look. There are times when it's very, very, in this practice, there's times when it's There are times when it is, you may have noticed, when it's difficult to note sensation, yeah? to note an appearance. There may be times when it's difficult to note the intention. Is that correct? It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry it. Just, just note that. Here's a question for you. I, I hope you're writing. The, I hope you're. Under, I hope you realize these are meditations I'm giving you. They're they're actually to lead you where to look. If you, if you can't find a foot. What does it mean? So here's the difference of insight. If you can't see a foot, you can't have a sensation of a foot. What's the implication? What What are you learning? If the foot disappears, 
but there's intention to move a foot, what does it mean? If the intention vanishes, but the appearance is there, what does that mean? Very important. Now, you're not to go and figure it out. Sit in your room and go, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to get to the bottom of this by figuring it out. No, you, you just raise the question. By raising the question, the insight will come. That's how it's done. We have to raise enough time to get serious about it. Go, what, what does this mean? What's the implication? What's, what's the sign? What's it showing me? So remember that one of the, uh, the key contemplations I've given you, which is really big in the insight tradition, are the three characteristics of beingness, which you can look for, right? It's one of those lists, again, three. The beingness of having to have an object, clinging to a sensory object. By the way, that's used in torture. I don't know if you know that. But you can torture someone by giving them sensory deprivation. It's not only used in, in scientific studies, but it's used in torture and in police interrogation or military interrogation by taking away people's sense, sensory, normal sensory experience, they go a little bit demented. Yes? That's only because they don't have training. Somebody else who has training would go, this is, this is glorious, this is great, just marvelous, I don't, I don't need it. But for most people, they're so addicted to having to have an object that it's very disconcerting to be in a room with white walls and no feed into the nervous system. So the clinging to having to have an object, how often does the clinging to having to have an object actually occur per minute, per 20 seconds, per second? And by noting that, seeing that, you will really see how much attachment and clinging there is to having to have sensory uh, images, experiences, uh, hearing, and so on. Then the clinging to having to have a being, a being. So if you take all the sensory attachments away, do you have a being? And then you have to feel the tug, the pull, of having to have some type of experience of being. It's very important. How often does that occur per second? Or does it just float along? And then we have the uh, times where there's a tug, a pull, to not want to engage, not want to be, don't engage, uh, all the way to if I just ended everything, then I'd be free. Be free of what? The attachment, the pain, the having to be. Having to be, having to be, having to be, having to be. So I gave you a handout on the six realms earlier. It, there's another anupasana. To raise the insight is to look at the entire day as a series of rotations 
through the six realms, the dreams, and all daily experience as a cycling through six realms of beingness. And you may see that there's, there's states you don't want to be in. You may want to be in heaven all the time, and when you're not in heaven, it hurts because you want to stay in heaven. Have you, have you seen this? And so this is a very common report to me, is complaining that there's dukkha <laughs> in an insight retreat. I'm, I'm really happy. Here they are, students complaining, because of such emphasis on being in godlike states, thinking that's meditation, that the importance of, of actually studying, meditating on dukkha is missed. So I told you, I've told, I've told students around the world for years now, you... Westerners don't want to look at dukkha. This is a great disadvantage. Oh yeah, I know there's suffering. There's people in China that don't have enough to eat. My mother used to say that. It's a guilt trip. Oh yeah, we know there's people in Africa that don't have access to medical uh, treatment, right? And they don't have access to water. They're really suffering. And, there's, and we see pictures of bloated babies and so on. This is not a depth appreciation of dukkha. Some of you, I'm really happy. I'm absolutely, absolutely happy. Some of you, after two weeks, are really entering the study, the meditation, on dukkha. Congratulations. Take the word suffering away and see what it is. Stop running away from it, but don't, don't say, I want it all, please, uh, nail me to the cross so I can be there suffering all day. It's not that. I actually see the minutiae of the suffering mind that clings incessantly and wants an outcome. What's the outcome you want in retreat? What have you been conditioned to want? Big wows, Big wows calm, bliss, a continuum of happiness. Then you've got it, right? But you've missed something that's called the Four Noble Truths, which is the first discourse of the Buddha. Mm -hmm. They're suffering. And he said, go look at it. Go look at it. Go look at it. So remember, remember something that's so important. I really should put it, I'll put it in the notes eventually. The first discourse by the Buddha, it follows this order. first discourse of the Buddha is you study dukkha in every single moment. So you really know what dukkha means. Okay? It's pervasive. Okay? What was the second training? Anicca, transience, to his five disciples. First he gave a teaching on dukkha and the cause of dukkha. Then for about two weeks, I don't think anybody really knows, but for some period, he gave instructions on the meditation of impermanence. They practiced. Then he delivered this discourse, which you have, on anatta. All five of them, well, actually, there's only four left. One had already awakened. But all five of them became arhats, fully purified, emotionally purified beings. It's really important that you understand. It's all moving to anatta. You know? But if you don't see the dukkha, then you think that anatta is a blissful calm 
where you feel relaxed and the you gets lessened, but it hasn't lessened. Big fatal error is pointed out in the um, Theravadan tradition, it's pointed out in all traditions, and it's pointed out in the Mahayana tradition, and it's pointed out in the Mahamudra and the Dzogchen tradition. Big difficulty. So you have to keep stripping bare, stripping bare, stripping bare. Do not ignore dukkha. If dukkha lands in your lap, what a wonderful thing. And I really mean it. It's absolutely wonderful. You don't run away. You study it. You study it. You study it. Why? You need the equanimity to see that there's incessant uh, momentary grasping by a consciousness that wants a certain outcome. When the outcome isn't met, there will be suffering. And you're never, ever going to have enough bliss. You're going to take another snort, for sure, of bliss. Or a tab. You know what I mean? To get more blissful. This is why there's jealous gods and there's gods. Right? The jealous gods want what the gods have. The gods are protecting what they have from the jealous gods, and so on and so forth. This is not the solution. So it's very good to, so, so it is absolutely normal that dukkha, disquietude, frustration, ill, Ill at easeness, uh, phony diseases, dis, real disease, like can, they can, you can get sick, you can come down with, with what may be a rare disease in five minutes and pop out of it an hour later. You're sure that you're dying. You're sure you've got malaria. You can all add them all up, right? You've got all five major tropical diseases all lined up, including Lyme's disease. And, and, and then in half an hour later, you're going, what was that? Just passed. Yeah, yeah. really. Really, it's true. And then as soon as you let go, what was that? You know, ever had this massive pain in your back, hurting in your hip? Oh, God. Then you get up and you go, or you still sit there, you make a movement. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> so, or, or, or you just feel better. It's gone. Is the pain there, in the body sensation, in the rupa, or is it the naming that creates the form? This is, this is karma. This is karma. This is karma. How much of experience is memory? What would you say? How much of daily experience is actually just memory? Is nama, nama, nama creating form in the mind? Creating form in the mind. Okay. So uh, what I would do, for, what I would recommend you do, uh, although I've written it out, but, but make a chart or make a list, is list all the main meditation themes, the themes. I've given out, of which there's about seven or eight. The clear, the, the clear, just, just 
one line, clear classic themes like, what's it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nama Rupa. Right? Pleasant, pleasant, unpleasant. You're getting used to it, yes? Yeah. And you keep coming back to me. All kinds of things I keep saying, pleasant, unpleasant. As you say, he's an unpleasant teacher. I would like to tell you all about my dream. Pleasant, unpleasant. What an unpleasant teacher. And when you get your way, what a pleasant teacher. <laughs> if he doesn't say anything, he's a neutral teacher. Okay. Pleasant, unpleasant. Loba dosa moha, greed, hatred, delusion. Aloba, adosa, amoha, generosity, love, non-ignoring. Which else? What other ones? Kamatana, bawatana, vibawatana. Clinging to sensory objects, clinging to beingness, and anti-beingness. No beingness. See, these are, these are the ones. You, so you have them written, stamped on your forehead. Yeah, yeah and, and have them on a chart. And then you'll start to see that you can actually use them as themes. Right? Get very good at it. What other ones? Let's leave Anicca Dukkha Anatta right at the very end. Let's leave it right there. Wholesome, unwholesome. Pleasant, neutral, unpleasant. And pain as well. Sukha, dukkha. Physical pain, physical pleasure. Intention mind, resultant. Resultant intention. Intention mind, resultant. Karma, wapaka, karma, wapaka, karma, wapaka. Interdependent. Then, what do we have? Anicca, dukkha, anatta. Any others? The last one, is that the one with the glass, the intention? Could be anything. Any, any kind of object whatsoever. It could be opening the door of a car. It mm -hmm. could be stepping. It could be uh, serving a plate of food. It could be making a cup of tea. Uh, it could be opening the refrigerator door. Any single bending, stretching, touching, moving, anything. Anything at all. Everything. Okay? And then, anicca, dukkha, anatta. Really, that's it. it so this is, this is like as if I was a music teacher and said, here's the notes you're going to learn, and here's the scales. And every day you're practicing scales. For what? Being able to enter into a Nietzsche Dukkha Anatta. Really clearly, really clearly. Otherwise the training's not there and it's too blurry. And we make up stories, we, we, we uh, make up layers uh, that are invisible around our experiences and wall them off as a protective measure. I, I hear it all the time. It's normal, it's absolutely normal, don't think it isn't. It takes time to erode away the protective defensive structure until it falls. It really does. Oh, by the way, you have rise, fall. 
What else do you have? I've given out some others. Very, very important ones. Beginning, continuity, and cessation. Beginnings, middles, ends. Beginnings, middles, ends. Beginnings, middles, ends. Yes, ma'am. The gaps. Are, are, are all these meditations, um, this is how you study Dukkha? We're, we're not just studying Dukkha. We're, we're really aiming for uh, Anicca, transience, Dukkha, and Anatta. So, but, the fir- but usually the first one we have to appreciate is Dukkha. Some people can get at it through, through Anicca, but actually Dukkha, really Dukkha is ignoring Anicca. If you ignore Anatta, you're going to suffer. If you ignore Anicca, you're going to suffer. That's really what it is. Dukkha's there as, as one of the characteristics is because anything that's compounded falls apart. So we spend a lot of time making stories and making creations and houses and everything else to protect that which is falling apart. That, by the way, I'm not saying you shouldn't create a house. I'm not saying you shouldn't take a medicine, right? But, if, but the, I, the principle behind insight is to see that this doesn't just happen occasionally in our lives. This is happening a hundred times an hour. So normally what we do is we spot the big things. I was really clinging to my food. Okay, I caught that. Okay, yeah, that's suffering. I was clinging to having to have a barbecue today. Okay, that's major clinging. I was clinging to have a certain kind of car. Okay, I saw it. That was clinging. Do you see what I'm saying? The house, the car, the person, the job, whatever, you know, the big things. I was clinging to my health. Whatever it is. So one or two or three times a day, we have something gross that we can hang the word Duke on. Is that, is that right? Now some people, 20 times a day. Others, once, other people tell you, I don't suffer at all. You can see it all, all over the place, but they say, oh, I don't suffer, I'm a happy person. That's an utter delusion. If you practice this really well, this is a very fast method, you will come to appreciate that the being, not even you, the being is hanging on for dear life. <laughs> it's like on a Ferris wheel. <laughs> really, just... Yeah, that's good. That's a good insight. I would call these like tenacious claws, <laughs> scratching the door, <laughs> holding on for dear life. Yes, to concepts, to beliefs. I, I have met people where the belief in something is absolutely killing them. having to have a certain type of job, having to live in a certain type of place, and so on, having to be joined to a political party or a political cause, or, or an idea of who and what and how, it's absolutely killing them. Is that pretty clear? It's killing them.
to quote, um, it might be Dujon Rinpoche, um, ignoring that which is ignoring uh, is basically killing oneself. It's, it's killing. Kill, kills a person. Kills a person. Okay. So if you don't look at dukkha, right, then you're you're just ignoring. You're ignoring the facts. We want to rush to a place where in a blissful, serene, calm state of equanimity. And we're not going to get there until we appreciate dukkha full on. Now, do I wish you to be suffering? If you really look at dukkha, it's the way by which suffering is going to fall. Because then you're going to see that you're really pushing anicca away. You're pushing anatta away. As soon as anicca is spotted, and as soon as anatta is spotted, the dukkha vanishes. It can't, it can't even stay. So, I've asked you before, is there anything that you can cling to? What, here, so two, two questions. Really, this is fast. This will be fast. You get, over, get, get this over with in a day. <laughs> really, get it over with in a day. Very fast. One, is there anything that could be clung to? Anything that could be clung to? What what are let me let me give you a little bit of a hint. What are all phenomena? What's the characteristic of all phenomena as taught in Dharma? Abhidhamma. Compounded. Oh, what's the only thing that's not compounded? This is good Abhidhamma training. Nibbana. I should give an Abhidhamma course. Nibbana. Nibbana. Nirvana. The only uncompounded thing is nirvana. What is everything else? Compounded. What happens to all compounded things? They're subject to breakup. What does the human being do? It, it, it clings to that which breaks up. <laughs> and therefore it fights against that which is, which is not what one expects. Everything is, is really not quite what one expects. So we make believe that it's the way it is. Okay. It hurts. It's hard. It's like a struggle. Now, it's hard to see this when everything's a blur and you're moving very quickly. When you slow down and you start to get microscopic and you can see in less uh, fractions of half a second or less very clearly, you're going to see it manifest. That's where the attentiveness, the mindfulness, the sati comes in to see like this. Really quick, 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 quick. Then you'll see it. You become very apparent. Okay. So the general order, it doesn't have to be this, but the general order is really appreciate dukkha. That's usually for most people, that's the one that comes up. Things hurt. Things get sore. What's the first thing that people say is dukkha in a meditation retreat? My body hurts. Mm -hmm. Sit, stand, sit, stand, ow. Sit, stand, sit, stand, ow. And then, then what other things? 
emotional hurt, thoughts, things like that, right? Mm -hmm. Then they, you know, it usually goes the food, the hard pillow, the bed, the cold, whatever it is. Yeah? So all these things. Now we have an inventory of all these things. So we really often need an appreciation of dukkha before we can really appreciate um, uh, anatta and anicca. Normally, for most people, it's easier to approach the three characteristics through anicca. That's what most people in, in, let's say, Western meditation are doing, is not, not dukkha, not microscopic. They want to do it through anicca. Rise, fall, thoughts coming and going. I, just, I hear this all the time. It's just standard. It's not really the way to do it. Yeah. But when we investigate matter, phenomena, and then we see how it's all connections coming together momentarily mm. Mm. and then going and going and going and going, then to me, transience is the doorway. But then do I keep knowing? Yes, if you start to see um, uh, transience in a very profound, deep level, good. Uh, the general rule of thumb is that once you study, once you study and practice anicca, dukkha, anatta, one of them will become your main avenue. But don't go and assume because you're having lots of dukkha or you're seeing lots of transient phenomena at the beginning or anatta that that's actually the root. That usually comes later. You usually go a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But, but all of us have a certain proclivity for one or the other depending on our past conditioning, even in previous lifetimes. Okay? That's the case. So, 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 but usually, I'm just giving you the usual good order. We usually need a good body of time with dukkha. And by the way, when you think that you've been through states of dukkha, which, which is unpleasant you know, in, in meditation, and you think it's over, you have something <laughs> coming to you. Because it can become more refined. That which you thought maybe, oh, I'm through that, uh, maybe the next day or two days later, uh, maybe stronger. But the point is, if your discernment gets clear, you start to have more equanimity about phenomena, not you suffering. So listen, listen to the language. Listen to how the language changes. I'm suffering. My being is suffering. So, so at the beginning, I'm suffering. A little bit later on, my being is suffering. A little bit later on, the formations are suffering. A little bit later on, right? Beingness is having a hard time, you see? Until eventually, is there anything that's experiencing the dukkha? These are big, these are really big. I'm trying to help you, where to look. Is there any actual anything that's experiencing the dukkha? And you'll say yes. But take a very good look at it. What experiences the dukkha? Any sentient being. But what's a sentient being? So this is the question. What's a sentient being? 
Okay, next question for you. you. You could do this in a day, have it done. What holds the dukkha? Where's the dukkha held? The mind. Go look. Is there any dukkha held in the mind? It's created. So you go find out. You'll laugh. Your, you'll, you know, you're going to laugh yourself silly one day. You'll be on the floor rolling in laughter, like, like you know, well, she might. <laughs> you will. You're going to see how utterly preposterous these normal positions are. They're completely insane. They have no reality whatsoever. Is there anything clinging? Tell me, just listen. How can something cling? So I'm going to give you a, me a meditation exercise. All right, ready? You have to be ready for it, because it's a challenge. No, serious. But for practicing anatta, for practicing anicca. Find a day where there's few clouds in the sky. Uh, park yourself in a place where you don't have to move for anywhere between one to four or five hours. And follow the cloud until it vanishes completely. Don't know, do you? Some clouds hang around for a long time. If you're fortunate, you may be in a place where there's no clouds and you see clouds forming out of, out of clear sky mm -hmm. and clouds vanishing. Mm -hmm. But you don't know how long that's going to be, do you? How many people know how long a cloud is going to last? Let's see a show of hands. Do you all know for sure whether it's five minutes, ten minutes, four hours, or five hours? What would you say? Anybody in the room? Is anybody in the room willing to practice watching clouds appear or watching clouds disappear? And you say, what for? If you can do this, then it will be really good training for you to do the inner, both mental phenomena and physical appearances. You need that staying power without running, without getting up going, I got to make a cup of tea. I've got to check my email. I've got to. And I've got to see if I had any notifications on my Facebook today. Yeah, really. Uh, or whatever. Or whatever it's going to be. Maybe there's people at the tent. Maybe somebody's in the kitchen. Maybe they're making blackberry pie. <laughs> whatever it's going to be. Okay. Now, the other thing you can do, here's something else. Beautiful. Watch a boat on the water. Go down to the uh, go down to the beach or the rocks, or the wharf, and uh, find a sailboat, find a motorboat. This is a beautiful meditation. And uh, look at it, and you go seeing, seeing. I'm really. This will be fast for you. Seeing, 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 all the way through. 
five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, until you can no longer see the boat. Seeing, 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 vanish, vanish. Next boat, seeing, seeing, now what you do, once you get good at that, seal, seal, seeing, seeing, vanished. Eagle, seeing, seeing, no eagle, seeing, you just maybe name the eagle. Eagle, seeing, 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 seeing. Beginnings, middles, ends. Without any frustration or any wanting it to end. Person comes to the wharf when you're sitting there. Seeing, 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 seeing. Feeling, because the vibration of the wharf goes up through your feet. Touching, touching touching, they come by, they have perfume, maybe cologne or uh, shampoo or something, whatever. smelling, 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 they offer you some food, instead of saying licorice, tasting, 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 seeing, 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 they get in their boat, they drive it, seeing, seeing, vanishing. Car goes by, do you see now how you can meditate all day? Car goes by, what are you meditating on? Sound. Sound. Mm -hmm. Hearing, 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 hearing. Not Lama Mark's Subaru going by, right? Not Tashi going, you know, you know, like this. Or, or not Tashi barking. Hearing, 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 mm -hmm. hearing. This is why you can have a Vipassana center in the middle of a city, of which there's a very famous one in Burma, in Rangoon where Namjoon Prashim meditated, and Mrs. Raf meditated, my first teacher, three months. And what's across from the meditation center? Very famous center from Mastasaido, a schoolyard with kids. <laughs> Fantastic opportunity. Hmm? Chainsaw? Mm -mm. Hearing, 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 ending. Phenomenal, 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 phenomenal. What does that allow you to do? Dukkha, 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 sukha, 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 sukha. Endings, beginnings, beginnings, middles, ends, all day long. So when someone says to me, you know, I'm not getting enough time to meditate, what they're saying is they make a distinguishing characteristic between that which is a session, you know, and that which is not a session. There should be absolutely no difference between a session and a non-session. The session generally has more power, has more punch, because it's easy to get diffused. But once you get this, like playing a musical instrument really well, like a really clean golf shot, maybe one day for me, okay? Just a consistency about it you will see that as you go down to the tent, or you go up to the tent, or you go to have a meal, you go to the toilet, anything, 
everything has the same consistency of the practice you're doing sitting or standing. You follow? The sitting and the standing is tight. As Namjumpa said, it's like having a baseball bat. Whack, whack, whack. You need to get that relaxed feeling where you can just take that, those key characteristics you've written on your chart and you go, just fast. Pleasant, unpleasant. Pleasant, 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 vanishing, unpleasant. You, you, you just, like a game spotter. Like a game spotter. Well, you have to get very, very good at it. Then you'll see your, your ability to see things so clearly, Sampajana, in such minute detail. It's not about, it's, it's, be, it's seeing that something, it's th seeing things you have never seen before. So you say, oh, I see transience. Doubt it. And then you'll see, oh, I thought I knew what anatta was. Maybe not. There might be a veil there. Oh, when I get really calm, I feel like I don't have a self. No, there might be a very big self there. It's called calm me. You see? <laughs> Blissful me. But it's, it's a me referencer. This is really it. So one of my things I wanted to mention is, is there, there, as the Buddha taught, there are no breaks in sessions. This is the art. When you can get to that place, then whether you have three meals a day, whether you have a class, whether you get invited to the gampa for a meal, you go gardening, whatever it is, there's not a single break in your meditative flow. As a matter of fact, it gets exciting. What would it be like to go down Davina Drive and practice? You don't know what you're going to meet. You don't know what you're going to see. Someone might get out of a car and say, excuse me, but I don't know, how do you get to the gampa? How do you get to the stupa? Uh, you know, and you know, that sort of thing. You have no idea what's going to happen. Isn't that fun? That's cool. You go to the wharf, you have no idea what's going to happen. Everything becomes a challenge for your, your practice. Someone might come to the wharf and say, I'd like to sit and talk to you. Do you mind if I just sit and talk to you? And you can go, no. <laughs> I'm one of those Buddhists. No. Get away. By the way, don't trespass. Doesn't the sign say please? Well, someone wrote please. It's good. We don't say please. We say don't. <laughs> Why wouldn't you engage? Because you're supposed to be silent, but what an opportunity to be able to practice all those insight um, um, points, right? Anicca, dukkha, anatta, pleasant, unpleasant, while the person's talking to you, unpleasant, unpleasant, unpleasant. See, in tantric practice, they're sitting and talking to you, very unpleasant, hung. Their big giant hung syllable. You turn them into a hung syllable. Hung, hung. They don't hear you. Hung. See the llama going this. Hung, hung, hung. It just turns you into a giant seed syllable or or chenrezy. Hello, but I've got a chenrezy. Chenrezy. Or this, the, the, the king of France. What'd you say? 
So everything becomes an opportunity. Everything. Everything becomes an opportunity. Right? With no expectation that you're going to get a sudden experience, it's, the, it's like piano practice, it's like clarinet practice, it's like golf practice, it's, it's football practice. It's just doing it again and again and getting so skillful at it. This is how my teacher taught. This is the tradition, the skill. I mean, we'd be sitting sometimes somewhere, and just somewhere, having a cup of tea. And something would go off, he's like, how many rings were there? He wanted to know. You're having a cup of tea? He goes, how many rings is that bell? How many times did the bird hop on the deck? It's like that, really. Six. Good. Passing something. How many, how many thermoses were on the, de- on, the, on the beach? Like that. You're just, you're just having a conversation. It just says, how many thermoses were on the beach? Now. Right now, now. Why? Counting, knowing, counting, clear discernment, clear discernment, not making things up, clear discernment. How many slices of pie? How many people in the room? How many slices of pie? How many bags of coffee are in the coffee drawer? How many grams? You think, this doesn't mean anything. Who the hell, who cares? Actually, it's about really clear discernment. Then, when you can do the outer, Teague, how many bubbles of air are left in the clutch? You see? When you can do the outer, then you can do the inner, the physical, and the mental. And the mental's going to go a lot faster than the, the outer. How many leaves just fell off the tree? If you can't do that, it's very hard to watch the physical or the mental phenomenon. Serious. Serious. So all that training, what's that for? It's for mental phenomena, physical phenomena. Physical phenomena, and we're not talking about count every muscle movement. It's just uh, a sensation. sensation. So all day long is an opportunity. Wiping the dish, put the dish down, it's vanished. Next dish, touching the dish. You don't even have to say touching the dish. Touching, 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 seeing, hearing, touching. Someone comes up to you and says, hello, how are you? Hearing, hearing, <laughs> hearing. What you just said, didn't hear anything. Hearing, <laughs> hearing, hearing. By the way, hearing, hearing. 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 All Mark says, hearing, hearing, hearing. How about seeing? No seeing. (laughs) Do you you get a a sense of how you do it? Mm -hmm. All those lists, what some people call laundry lists of Abhidhamma, are actually contemplations. That's why I take exception when people say, oh, you know, Abhidhamma is just a Buddhist philosophy. It's actually lists of contemplations. When we trained in mental states, we had to learn 52 and be able to identify 52 different mental states like this. Right? I'm giving you three. Why? Because that's all you need. The rest is, is, is more complex training. 
It's like complex visualizations. Good for when you're, you know, more, more or further along. This is the art. Whether you're practicing Mahamudra, whether you're passing Zogchen, Vipassana, it doesn't matter. They're treated the same way. Eventually, there is no, uh, no sessions. There's no such thing as a session. There is meditative practice, but actually it's 24 hours a day, including dreams, including getting up. Everything is the practice. Then you will have rapid progress. Really. Then you'll, during the day, in daily life, uh, you realize how wonderful uh, daily life practice is because you, you, you have a finer ability to see uh, fine detail. I was saying to Nathan this morning, I was giving an example, there was a, a beautiful tonka of Gurumbashe behind Nathan's head. And I said, you see that tonka? You see him? That's a beautiful tonka. It's just paint on a canvas. Karmically and compassionately, which one do you show? A flaking, damaged, poorly painted image of Guru Rinpoche or a beautifully painted image of Guru Rinpoche? Which one? For compassion. Hmm? Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Is there any difference in essence between that which is a beautifully fine painting and that which is done by a five-year-old that can't paint. None at all. Both are pigments on a canvas. Zero difference. But there's cause and effect. You see? This is where it becomes very important. There's cause and effect. Both of them have different causal outcomes to most consciousnesses. It's very important. This is where Nama Rupa becomes really important. So sometimes the teacher will show you something very ugly and say, eat it, or let's just do it. Other times, I want you to do something that's so beautiful, so refined, so exact. Do you see? It's not always about you. It's about the outcomes, cause and effect. Really important. important. But first of all, we have to, we have to come to an appreciation of Anicca. Dukkha, Anatta. And that has to get built. So if you rush into it, I will master, go right into Anicca, Dukkha, Anatta without an appreciation by, by practice of Nama, Rupa. Pleasant, unpleasant. All these different things. Wholesome, unwholesome. When you come to Anicca, Dukkha, Anatta, probably the clicks of the metronome aren't distinctly heard for the uh, three characteristics to come up deep enough to really have the mind turn to realize the transcendental. The transcendental is described, because that's actually how it happens, as called the turning about of the seat of consciousness, gotrabhunyana, the lineage changes. That means the entire mass of fixed holding of experience has to literally unseat itself, let go, let go, or tumble, take a tumble, one or the other. It's being held, it's being held, being held by clinging, but you, we can't see the clinging. 
What do we what do we actually see when we cling? What do we actually experience when we cling? This is why it's so important. What's the sign that we're holding and clinging, even though we don't know we are? Dukkha. Dukkha, exactly. But you have to see the minutiae of it. So this is why it's so cool. You could, now we come to a Mahamudra Zogchen practice, you could literally just sit. And if you've got very, very precise discrimination, see every bit of holding and let the holding go. Let it fall. Just layer, peel off. This is, this is Zogchen. Every layer, just peel it off. This is, this is why some of the uh, images of these yadams are absolutely naked. That's what it means. Just peeling off the layers, peeling off the layers, peeling off the layers, peeling off the layers. You peel off the layer. You peel off the layer to see what's there. And when you think you know what's there, you peel off more layers. Yeah. This is basically what one's doing through, and through, through a, 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 a vehicle of characteristics is a way of peeling off the layers systematically. Does it make sense? Whereas in Mahamudra Zogchen, we give you the fruition to meditate on. But you can fool yourself believing that the calm is the fruition. Very easy. Very, very easy to believe that the calm, calm mind is anatta. The calm mind is, is um, a freedom. It's very, very easy. A bliss clarity, bliss clarity and non-distinction. Therefore we, therefore, we have to blow off the layers. Blow them away. Making sense? Every second of the day is insight, possibility. Insight, insight. Get used to it. Don't ignore anything. You can learn from every single thing. Everything's telling a story. Everything has meaning. Everything, everything has some meaning, especially of an Icha Dukkha Anatta. You know, someone sent me an email lately, recently. How do you know all the different levels and things? Could you give maybe a course on it? How do you think? You have to practice. <laughs> then you have to remember what you learned. You have to practice. You really have to practice deeply. Deeply, deeply. <coughs> then you'll see, you read a book, you read the Vimuti Maga. <coughs> you read the Vimuti Maga, Vasudhi Maga, and you go, oh, that's exactly right. They wrote it exactly correct. That's exactly right. I might not use those words as translation, right? I can't talk to Buddha Gosa. He's died a long time ago. I can't have a discussion with the Buddha. Uh, I can't talk to Arahat Upatisa. He's long gone, 1,800 years ago, dead. But through the translation, you go, yeah, 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 yeah. That's just what it's like. And you practice enough, you'll see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not exactly the words I'd use, maybe, but it, it really comes through. Maybe not the, the words my teacher used. Maybe not the words that Namjoon Rinpoche quite used, but ah, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is, very clear. Okay. So that's what I wanted to bring you tonight. So, so anybody else have any questions? Maybe we'll call it a.
an early uh, early thing. Yes. It's a good question about working with um, pleasant and unpleasant and wholesome and unwholesome. Because I believe at the beginning you noted that it's not like pleasant isn't good and unpleasant isn't bad when we're doing this practice. Yeah, this is this is why it would be good to take the word working away from the vocabulary. Treat it like playing scales. Your music teacher has given you scales, and you know that if you get good at it, you're going to have a repertoire and a range of capacity that's very different than you have now. Make sense? So you want to play like pure notes, or like a like a um, like a surgeon, a clinician. Hmm? Be able to play pure notes, which is pleasant unpleasant, neutral. And if you practiced all day long for maybe three days, just pleasant, everything was pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, just like a spotter, you know, like a, maybe an airplane spotter and the World War II, your life depended on it, World War II in England, yeah? They had airplane spotters on the coast? Your life depends on it, and other people's lives depend on how good your airplane spotting is. I don't know, make up a name. Luftwaffe, Luftwaffe, uh, MO4, right? Radio it in, MO4 coming in because you can hear the noise. You can actually hear the engine. Yeah? You can actually hear the engine go, that's a, that's a twin engine, such and such, and that's actually a German plane coming in and it's carrying bombs that can be dropped on London. Right? People's lives depend on it. If you get good at spotting, so instead of work saying working, I'm playing scales. I'm getting good at playing scales. Da, 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 da. Right? Close encounters of a third kind. Da, 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 da. Really, over and over. Da, 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 da. And you get good at the scales. This is what Abhidhamma is. Remember Namjur Rinpoche describing it like, like scales of a, of, a, of, a, of a music score. And you get used to that. You get so good at it, hearing the notes. It becomes, it becomes so easy to go nail it. Boom, 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 boom. Okay? Then you see that Anicca Dukkha Anatta becomes um, much, much more available. What I'm finding is that this idea of pleasant as good and unpleasant as, as bad, it, it's so deeply ingrained. So, t so take it out. And maybe what you do is when you actually really practice, you see that pleasant, unpleasant is not bad. Yeah. It might save your life one day when you eat food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It might save your life one day when you walk into a room you shouldn't be in or walk into a crowded city plaza where you shouldn't be and you go, that's unpleasant. I'm leaving now. <laughs> or you walk into a bank. I don't like the feeling here. You walk out. Yeah, it may, may save your life. You know? That's called discrimination. So it's relative, less relative, less relative. Are you getting the hang of it? Relative, good, bad. Mm -hmm. Less relative, pleasant, unpleasant. All the way through, there's actually no, there's no difference between pleasant and unpleasant. So this is where people get confused between the relative and the absolute. Ultimately, there's no such thing as pleasant or unpleasant. A piece of dung, right? Dog dung, human dung, is not pleasant or unpleasant. But actually, at a relative level, you need to discriminate between eating, shall I be just gross about it? Eating dog dung and eating black licorice. you get it? So that's a relative discrimination that we all need. Hmm? Then we eventually work up 
and a, and a really great yogin would show you, maybe have a good time and say, look, don't touch that, look. And just show you, no difference. Because they can transform it. They may not get sick. I'm serious. Long history of this. Great tantric citizens doing outrageous things to show their students to, to drop all discrimination. But the first, you'll see the first training they did with their student was they wanted to see if their student could discriminate between blue and, and, and orange. A tree and a flower. A dog and a cat. Pleasant, unpleasant. That's the stuff you do in a monastery. Then later on they whack you. Is that painful or unpleasant? It's painful. No, it's neither painful or unpleasant. Get over it. <laughs> so don't get confused. Don't get confused. Say, oh, it's all one, all that. There's times when relative is absolutely essential. There's times when absolute is absolutely essential. You have to have both. If we're doing the rise and fall meditation um, and we come up like we're stuck, and that's obviously... There, so, so I'm going to keep correcting your language. Bless oh, your hearts. Okay. Because now it's important. All this meditation is rise and fall. Okay. Rise and fall is a cover for coming to being and passing away. Everything all day long, stepping, breathing, stretching, going to bed, everything is the rise and fall. Rise and fall teaches us anicca. Rise and fall teaches us dukkha. Rise and fall teaches us anatta. Rise and fall shows us pleasant, unpleasant. Rise and fall shows us karma. Rise and fall is everything. Beginnings, middles, ends. I should clarify the breathing where we're watching our breathing if we come across like I'm kind of stuck in this regard and if we come across so let's change language uh, we're not watching our breathing we're investigating our breathing if we watch our breathing all we do for the next 30 years is we watch breathing in breathing out rising falling you're contemplating you're all contemplating. You're contemplating the rise of phenomena, the fall of phenomena. The rise of phenomena, the continuity of phenomena, the passing away of phenomena. It's really important. By this time, that's two weeks in, okay? We have to start changing our attitude and our language towards it. Really important everything becomes the rise and the fall. And if you say to me, but my belly isn't going out and going in, but I'm getting a sensation, oh, I don't care. I really don't care. You can do it here. You can do it here. You can do it here. You could have the rise and fall of your, uh, of your uh, thigh muscle. Uh, but, but breath is really good, by the way, because it's really obviously grossly tied to mental states. That's why it's used. And it's connected with your energy center. So it's got lots of great things about it. Did you have a question? I did. Yeah.
Um, I was wondering, so we are, we're watching the rise and the fall of the breath in that same sitting, and I come across stuckness, stuka, obviously. This is when I should actually ask myself, like, is there someone experiencing, like, who's experiencing the dukkha? Or should I just kind of watch what's going on with the breath? You could. If you were in a three-month retreat or a six-month retreat, the teacher may not tell you anything. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that would become apparent. Is there anybody experiencing the dukkha? Hmm? But uh, you could wait a long time. So uh, one, can't, one can't put an experience that isn't there. You either have genuine experience that leads to liberation, or you have a uh, mental construct. Mm-hmm. Hopefully your teacher can tell the difference between uh, dharma jargon, mental construct, and fantasy, and genuine experience. So I'm quite willing to introduce you to it by not telling you what the experience is, but introducing you where to look. So yes, a fast way would be, just like the text said, just like Vimuti Manga, right from the very beginning. There is no being in the rupa. There's no being in the intentionality. Right from the very beginning. And normally, when I've seen people who've read that, they simply don't get it. You get it when you practice. You get it when you practice. You have to have enough moments of experience where you go, oh. You know, it's like playing music over and over and over. Oh my God, that's what this music's about. Oh, that's amazing. That's so, that hangs together that way. It becomes apparent. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. This is why the fineness, normally we're in a, I don't mean in a negative way, we're in a gross, giant stretch of experience, which is mostly fabrication. Breaking it down into very attentive detail breaks apart the hallucination. And it's so easy to give you a metaphor for this. It's so, so good. So watch this, watch this. I've given this before, but maybe some of you will really feel this now. If you play a video, it's made up of frames, okay? In Europe, it's 30 frames per second. If it's less than 30, actually about less than 24, it feels jerky as if something is being made up image after image after image. If you run it fast enough, it feels like a coherent story that we can make up in our mind and our nervous system can handle uh, that any slower and the whole thing starts to break up and you get distracted and go. Mm-hmm. You don't cry as much. When it's going too slow, you don't cry as much. The music's going too slow so you don't get, you know, tear jerkers or elation. It's just all broken up. So when the speed, of which is what our normal life is, is moving at a rapid rate, yeah? It feels like a certain way. Once you start to see it at a finer level, you'll see the hallucination. You'll just see the story. You'll see it, it, it broken up. And this is very important. That's a very, very important way to do it. 
actually what's happening. Okay. As I said the other day, it's a wedge. It's a wedge to get in there so you actually, for the first time, see things really clearly. Okay, really clearly. And you will see the same thing. You'll see the reference in Mahamudra and Zogchan text. One must have very good mindfulness. Not being spaced out. Dwelling in spacious mind is not spaced out. It's spaced in. Really clear. It's actually not in or out. You need really good mindfulness. This training is really good for the other training. Because you'll have the fineness of mind. Then you'll know clarity from unclarity. Before you thought you were clear, now you know when you're really clear. Before you thought you were being kind, now you know you weren't. <laughs> Do you understand? Oh, I was really pleasant. No, no. I was in a fog, and I called it pleasant. She said, that's, that's the level of discrimination. Much better that you discover it than your teacher, uh, like Nam Jirinpache used to do. I'm happy. Really? <laughs> no, you're not. You're in a fog. You're in a fog. Hey, let me help you. Great. All clear? <laughs> you, I tell you, when you really know, you will know at any moment. Someone could say to you, pleasant, unpleasant. Get it like that. Dukkha, sukha. Boom, like that. Really clear, really clear, really clear. It's like playing pure notes. You can hear the note and it's so absolutely pure. Hmm? And when it's pure, you get pure. And when it's really pure, you get pure. And then anicca, dukkha, anatta come out like you've never seen them before. Like you've never, ever seen before. You think, man, I'm seeing anicca, dukkha, anatta. A week or two later, I never saw anicca, dukkha, anatta like I'm now seeing anicca, dukkha, anatta. Why the, the mindfulness, the not mindfulness, the attentiveness, and the fineness of detail brings out a global perspective, a global perspective that you simply couldn't see before unless you were dreaming it up. So try the clouds, try sailboats, try people, try cars, try bugs. Bug. Beginning a bug? Bug, 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 bug. Doesn't teachers bug you sometimes? Bug, bug, bug. Just like a teacher. Bug, bug, bug. <laughs> Bug, 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 banish bug. You see? All day long. All day. Sit in the forest. Oh, it's a beautiful meditation. Just literally, I love this one. Just sit in the forest like this. And just, just, anicca dukkha anatta, anicca dukkha anatta, in the middle of the forest. Just like anicca dukkha anatta. Strip away. Oh, it's beautiful forest. It's pretty. The birds are singing. No, the leaves are falling. The birds are falling. The frogs are falling out of the sky. That happens occasionally. Especially someplace in the world. Frogs. Rain, raining frogs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, raining frogs. Toads. Do you believe that? Do you believe that, 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 that frogs fall out of the sky? That there's yeah. places where there's raining frogs? Yeah. Want to make a bet? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you say yes or no? 
frogs rain fo frogs rain from the skies or they don't <laughs> Has anybody seen this? No. No. Well, it's been witnessed all over the world. It still happens today. Just suddenly, frogs. <laughs> and fish, by the way. It's often frogs and fish. Imagine just staying here. <laughs> Fish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, fish. After yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, fish. Oh, they fall out of the sky. Yeah, just fall in the sky. Even in inland areas. Boom. <laughs> Frogs and fish. They're pulled over the water by the wind and yeah. carried elsewhere. Okay. Very good. I think that is pleasant. <laughs> Most pleasant. Uh, let's sit for a few minutes. The only thing that we can sit in, Anicca Dukkha Anatta. Anicca Vatta Sankara Upadaya Vaya Damino Utpa Jitpa Naru Janti Tisam Vupasamo Sukho. You'll ask uh, Cole to write that out for you and you can put on a little piece of paper for them to have beautiful old contemplation of, of Anicca. Anicca Vatta Sankara Upadaya Vaya Damino Upa Jitva Neru Janti Tisam Pupasambo Sukho Bliss, the bliss of bliss of freedom arises when you see through transience, you see the nature of transience. Beautiful, beautiful old contemplation. So let's sit for just a few minutes together and uh, whichever of the three characteristics or any of these um, notings appear strongest, then you go with that.
established an unbroken natural continuity freedom, the unity of wisdom and compassion as a glorious gift for all sentient beings. Sarmangalam, Sarmangalam, Sarmangalam. Good. <laughs> 